Are you an artist, designer, developer, or any other kind of creative who wonders what the hell is going on with that whole marketing, sales, branding thing? Or you may have started to jump your feet into the water, you're playing around with the social media thing, you're really trying to get out there and understand what's going on, and you need some assistance, guidance, or maybe just want to ask some questions. All right, well, that's what I'm here for. Benjicon 2021, and I've got with me today the man, Eddie Fenichkel. He's coming in here to talk to you, talk some sense to you about this whole marketing branding thing. We met a while back in San Diego, and we're going to talk it up a little bit about this whole marketing branding thing for Benjicon. Once again, this is Mr. Benj's ADD Experience Live, and let's go ahead and jump in with Eddie right now. No time. Uh, hello yo eddie what's going on my man <laughs> how's it going good Let's good, good. This, is, this is okay there we go hey good, good to see you man good to see good you good to How see you benjicon 2021 that's right man uh what started out as just an informal thing uh pandemic came around and i was so used to having these little discussions i was like you know what yeah. I have Instagram Live. It's a new tool. Let me go ahead and uh, do it through this platform this year. And people seem to enjoy it. So, you know, cool. I love it. Yeah, I really dig it too. Even though, you know, um, I wasn't able to catch all of it yet, <laughs> but I have seen a lot, quite a bit of it. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's a there's a lot to catch. Um, that's the yeah. whole whole point to kind of be like the con. There's just so much going on. Oh, yeah. Um, and you know you know about the con experience being from oh, san boy. diego so yeah yeah can't make every panel can't make every cosplay yeah. uh masquerade ball can't make every <laughs> late night dinner with whoever you know it's, yeah it's madness i know the best thing about it it brings so many friends to town you know like from out of town right yeah and it's i miss it i definitely miss it i don't live in san diego anymore but you know and i you don't either right uh, no, I'm in um, San Pedro, which is kind of near Long Beach. Oh, that's right. L.A., yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, I wish it was uh, open. I wish we were there. But this is great, too. Yeah, so um, most of the people I've had on have been, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the actual, the artists, creative types that I kind of grew up around. Yeah. But, you know, when I, uh, I met you a while back, um, you were doing an event with um, – not an event, but you were working with Aubrey Miller. Yeah. Who's, who's now doing awesome other things. Um, she's oh, got this. She's, she's super cool. Yeah. And she was kind of, you know, talking with me about marketing and we were talking about things uh, that were happening at like the Nerdcore nights. And I was working with that too. So then, you know, because of your association with her, we met and I was like, this is a cool dude. And uh, <laughs> we ended up running into each other another time. And I've worked with you at the, uh, the foundry. Right. Um, that was my, my beer bar. Yeah, your yeah. beer bar. Well, I know you're I know you're a Star Trek fan and Oh uh, yeah, I have the Star Trek on in the background. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> little L cars going on. <laughs> um I, I didn't know I didn't know at, at at the time, but you know, when we started talking a little more, I found some of your pictures and I was like, Hold on a second. So Aubrey was kinda upset that I didn't have I haven't been really in the beer scene in the craft beer scene since. So mm -hmm. you, and you were talking about the foundry. I was like, you know what? I don't have time to, to go to one of the, one of the breweries, but 
I can stop by a store and pick up a little something for this occasion. So um, I stopped by my store and got, you know, this, the stone, the stone. Yeah. Imperial Star Falker, hazy, <laughs> hazy IPA. Yeah, nice. So it's got the Star Trek font and everything on it. And I was like, there's no decision. That's the one I'm trying out for this one. Cool. Um, I don't know. Are you into IPAs? Uh, no, I actually don't like IPAs at all. But I know it was a huge IPA town. And I remember yes. everybody would come in and say, hey, you should carry more IPAs on tap. These guys have a double IPA. These guys have a triple IPA. And I'm like, uh, would you guys like a Bud Light or a Pabst Blue Ribbon? You know, two bucks. <laughs> yeah, basically. All right. So so here this is. Um, I should have warned you, forewarned you, I'm going to be uh, trying this out here. But cool. it just kind of happened. So let's see. Hazy IPA. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know exactly what hazy means, but this um, is a little yeah. less strict of a bite, you know, so it's got a little, well, that's good. A little um, smoothness around the edges to the mm -hmm. bite. It's still, it's still an IPA, definitely, and it's from Stone, so. Oh, yeah. You, it's, you know it's going <laughs> to. It's got a bite for sure. Yeah. Cool, But maybe cool. not uh, as big of a bite as, like, Arrogant Bastard or something, right? No, that's a, you know, much a dry, sharp kind of attack. Yeah. This is a, I can tell now, yes, definitely an aftertaste. The bite's hanging with me. It yeah. reminds me of kind of being hazy. I don't know why <laughs> they, I don't know why they would make a Star Trek hazy, but an outer space, some, it works though. They're, they're outer space theme. Cool. Yeah. So before we jump into this, uh, give us a little bit about your, your history. Uh, you, I looked you up and it said you started with web development. So yeah, a lot, a lot of people that I work with can relate to that. Oh, so yeah. how did you go from web development to entrepreneurship? Give us a little overview. Uh, well, actually, honestly, I started web development when I was like in high school or, you know, before that. So like we're talking mid nineties. Right. Um, and just really trying to uh, learn new things. This thing is making a lot of noise. Hang on really learn new things with the technology at the time and, and um, incorporate new media. Cause you know, a lot of back, back thing back there, back then in the nineties, it was like, what's the, you know, it's the dot com era and like people were jumping on board and getting hired out of high school to join these companies, build their web pages. And, and, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of really lit the fire into me and say, Hey, there's real money here. There's real, uh, a real career here without having to maybe go to college. I did go to college, but I didn't, I didn't graduate. So, um, uh, I just studied, I studied a lot of stuff. So okay. I didn't, I didn't make it to, uh, I, um, like actual college university level, but I did go to Grossmont college and Mesa college in San Diego for probably longer than I should have mm -hmm. <laughs> just cause I loved, I loved going to school and I love learning. I just didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, put the time commitment in to actually getting a degree um, because I started working with, um, I, I, I really got uh, the business sense to, Hey, get clients and Hey, all these people need websites. And it just lasted for like, I've been doing websites since, since back then. So, and every now and again, I, people still hit me up to do a website for them, even though more, most of my gigs now are consulting or, you know, really business development and marketing consulting. Yeah. So yeah, it had you, uh, you, you said you were a biz coach. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, before 
I feel like I've done a lot of stuff before it became popular, like, like the web design stuff. It, you know, I was basically at the forefront of that learning, um, you know, HTML, JavaScript, and mm -hmm. then before all these frameworks came about, um, and then uh, I was doing social media stuff before it was called social media, right? I had clients in LA that, that needed to increase their profile. Everybody kind of saw the value of the internet back in the early 2000s. And I know, I know you for sure know that. Um, but uh, I feel like I was one of the first people, you know, not the only person, but one of the very few first mm -hmm. people who were able to leverage social media's um, incredible reach of, you know, people sharing stories or people posting on forums, you know, back then in the early 2000s, we had live journal, we had MySpace, we had Friendster, we yeah. had all these things. And um, all these comedians and people I was working with, like, hey, I need to get my name out there somehow. And I'm like, well, let's let's do this. Let's create profiles on all these accounts. Let's go in and, and start just talking to people and telling jokes and, you know, really getting getting the word out of how uh, who you are and what you're doing and things that things that you're doing were were people receptive to it or open or was it like you know pulling teeth and really getting them to like no this is the internet it's happening it's all over no there wasn't as many trolley kind of people back then i guess mm -hmm. uh, and I, i'm not sure if you're you're speaking to the fact that if internet people were receptive or were clients receptive or clients receptive oh clients yeah clients were back and forth you know like some people didn't really understand it, so they couldn't really speak to the efficacies of it, or they there was no track record. Not many people had done that kind of work before. I, I hold myself an internet media publicist, which is, you know, now we know it as social media, right? It's getting your message out to a broader audience, um, hitting a few select platforms. And that's exactly what I was doing. And um, people saw the value of it, I think, after I started doing it, you know, like my clients did. And they're like, oh, wow, this is great. You know, you just created a forum and or you just jumped on these forums. The forums were really big back then. Remember, like yeah. chat rooms, all that stuff. And, you know, even IRC, you're jumping into forums, chatting, sending pictures, talking to people, communicating with fans. And that was a one on one thing that um, I think still survives to this day in Instagram and Twitter where you can have that one-on-one -on -one connection, you know, people in the Star Trek community are super huge about, um, oh my God, uh, you know, like, uh, <laughs> this guy just liked my tweet and I, yeah. uh, like, and they, they share the screenshot of them getting a tweet like from this Star Trek actor or something that, you know, um, they're not really doing anything anymore and they're just known for Star Trek. Maybe it's like a, a frequent player of Star Trek, but not a star, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, I think one of the guys is uh, uh, Garrick or something, you know, or, or one of the characters. And um, people get really, really excited about that. I mean, that's that's the kind of social media one-on-one -on -one experience that people love. And it still survives. I think that's going to continue. Definitely. So with uh, w with getting out there, um, you're, you're meeting with people and clients, um, and you ended up me meeting with comedians. Now yeah. I did a little bit of stand-up comedy myself, and oh. I couldn't tell you the it, the the whole online media thing as a comic seemed would have been foreign to me. Um, yeah. I was in computers and doing the whole video game thing, so that side of it, I was like, yeah, sure, you put your video games out there. But where did you touch base with creatives? Um, and you've done graphic design yourself, yeah. so mm -hmm. you're you're uh, a creative as well. 
Yeah. So, uh, where, where do you meet these guys? Um, is that the question? Like where? Well, no, like um, when I say where you connect with them, um, there's, to me, there's a gulf between a, what a lot of creatives understand and know as, hey, I'm working on my art, I'm putting it out there, um, you know, the art's going to speak for itself. Um, and there's this gulf of understanding that I'm just, you know, honestly, just really getting around to embracing in, in the past uh, several years. And, you know, I've just been learning you know, more about getting out and connecting with the market, getting out and doing brand right. properly. Um, yeah. So with a lot of creatives, how do you bridge that gap with them and, you know, let them know the importance? Or I don't know, maybe a lot of them knew the importance and knew how to find you. Um, I think some people really inherently know, like if you're mm -hmm. creative and sometimes you're, you know, a lot of creatives, as you well know, are narrow focused on their art or on their work and they don't have the headspace to do other stuff but sometimes they think they know and then they they go out and find someone like me and then i tell them like whoa you got it all wrong or you got it half right you know it, it's really that that gulf is is a wide variety of you know knowledge that some people have some people don't um and my job typically is to fill that gap when uh if they know some things, I have to educate them on other things, or if they have good ideas here, but they don't know how to implement, I come in and help them implement, you know, mm -hmm. um, everybody knows inherently, yeah, we should get a social media account, we should get, um, we should post, we should create uh, good content, you know, they, these are all easy things and, and things people know to do, but to really implement on a scale that brings in a lot of uh, new eyeballs, that's, that's a little bit more difficult, I guess. Mm -hmm. So why is this so important now? And, uh, you know, I think it's blown up now. And, oh, you know, yeah. I, I have a I have a, a, a Facebook group where I just kind of post some ideas and talk about some things um, just because I used to be in the corporate space. And if there are already kind of avenues that do the marketing and kind of can put mm -hmm. you out there, you don't think about it as much. So now that everything is more of an open playing field, social media has given us all of these channels, you can totally circumvent like the big conferences. If you're not going to Comic-Con, you can still, you know, host your own little thing, call it something dumb, dumb like Benjicon yeah. or whatever, and <laughs> yeah. build a website and whatever, you know, and you mm -hmm. can do your own thing. So I think it's really important now. Um, and, and everyone on this open playing field, it's, so important now but why why is it like that now i mean what what happened um well i think i'm going to correct you here and say it's it's been an open playing field since the internet was you know and it came into everybody's homes so mm -hmm. as soon as you were I'll able to yeah you know when i started out web designing and stuff i mean that that playing field was sparse but it was open and i was able to build myself into a career because the playing field was open, because I learned how to do things and because, you know, I got clients, uh, my name started getting out there with people. And I think it's the same thing. Um, there's now, as you say, there, there's more of a need only because I think the last 10 years, everybody's playing catch up. Everybody wants to do this now. Everybody, you know, I've had Instagram for what, however long Instagram has been out. I've had Twitter ever since how long it's ever been out, but you know, people, definitely know how to monetize and definitely know how to get users. And there's some 
dirty work involved in getting these followers. If you're just like me, who, um, you know, I don't really have a product. I, I've never really sold myself as a, as a person. I've recently started trying to do that. I think you're um, considering the same kind of uh, platform right now to build, build your brand. Right. Mm -hmm. um, that's one of the mistakes I never, I never, uh, I, I did. I, I made, I never built my own brand early on. I mean, I got my own handles and everything, but I never kept up with um, posting every day or, you know, matching the same colors to my post week after week, you know, that, that yeah, kind of stuff yeah. that, that kind of social media calendar thought. I mean, that's, that's actually stuff that Aubrey used to do for me. And, you know, she was really good at it. And that's, I think why she's so successful now is because she understood that as a younger, you know, she's what, like 10 years younger than me, but um, she's able to do that because she grew up in that space. Right. So with me, um, you know, I actually was doing uh, work with other clients and say, hey, I, I can do this. And mm -hmm. I've been out there and I was reaching out and connecting with people through the Internet. And, you know, I would actually, you know, follow someone's profile and find out they were like coming to the Electronic Entertainment Expo. I would kind of uh, start cold, not cold calling, but, you know, cold commenting on them, you know, on their post and getting to know them making those kinds of connections. So that's how I was using social media because I am a professed introvert. Um, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not shy, but I kind of prefer to be in the cave doing my thing. And so when I did start doing the outward branding, um, I started running into a lot of, um, uh, just a lot of roadblocks or obstacles, not roadblocks. And I realized you can't just post stuff. And I think that's where a lot oh. of artists do, you know, yeah. they just post stuff or they just create and then they get frustrated that's nothing that nothing's happening right so, you, you have to communicate too you can't just throw stuff out into the ether and i think that it's the that that's what twitter was for a very 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 long time you're just throwing stuff out into the ether hopefully mm -hmm. somebody reads it and like responds or something but nobody ever did um you know it really wasn't until maybe five or ten years ago well not ten years five or six years ago maybe that twitter started becoming more popular and people realized, oh, hey, if you just start talking to people, if you start responding, liking, retweeting, and doing these these things, uh, people will also respond to you. And I think the perfect example of that is somehow I've, uh, yeah, my love of Star Trek has has become my Twitter focus now. <laughs> and everybody calls it Trek Twitter. And there's also Star Wars Twitter. And there's pol politics Twitter, you know, like, yeah. you know, you there are these like sects of Twitter, uh, you know, like almost like communities within Twitter that are not real, um, really labeled as such. You just kind of fall into them and maybe their Twitter algorithm finds it and puts you in this bucket automatically because there's no real way to, you know, say, oh, I want to go to the Star Trek community except for following hashtags or finding people. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I fell into Twitter on accident, by the way. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I was using it, but I found out that when, a, when, when I released a game or released a product or somebody else released a movie or whatever, you could get some reviews. You could go to Rotten Tomatoes or Facebook, and you could find a few people talking. But, like, for that instant response, I would go to Twitter and find somebody coming out of a theater doing a little video like that movie was great. Oh my gosh. I'm actually going to sneak back in and watch it again for a second time, you know, or, you know, Oh my gosh, red dead redemption. 
Uh, I thought it was going to be awesome, but it wasn't, uh, you know, and there, we were just like finding like, oh, you can get like these real life reactions, responses that yeah. are just kind of raw. Yeah. So I started responding to all these people like, hey, I worked on Red Dead Redemption. What, you know, what'd you think about this? <laughs> and people would just start responding, man, you don't work on Red Dead Redemption. Or, you know, or they would actually, you know, well, I liked in this part where you did this. And I was like, wow, we, you know, there's, there was no way to just connect this freely and not maintain a, a relationship. It was just random. Mm -hmm. So it really connected with me. And I think that that opened my eyes to the idea of, connecting with people and right. you know building a uh, a plan um a little more than just as we said you know throwing content out there mm -hmm. so uh, that, that's the key that's the key to the social media game it's really connecting and, and uh having a one-on-one -on -one connection with someone even though you might be doing a one-on-one -on -one thousand connection with somebody you know like right. especially as an artist uh you want your art to speak for itself that's where a lot of people go wrong you know it doesn't always speak for itself you know, you have to get out there, show it, and then, you know, then the art speaks for itself, right? As soon as you get you get it into the hands of those people or the eyeballs of those people, uh, and you say, oh, wow, this is this is great. You know, this is now, now people are seeing it. Now they're able to make that decision. But before, if you just throw it out, you might as well, you know, carry a picket sign and just walk down your street and say, this is my art, you know? <laughs> yeah. Is, uh, so is that where... Is that where artists mess up most? Uh, I mean, that's, is that, that's just that one thing with, you know, hey, I made the art, and then they get mad. So is that is that the one place they mess up most, or what other areas are they, they stumbling that's the one, in? That's the one place most people mess up on. I have quite a few artist friends, obviously, and, you know, I'm helping one gal right now with her. Um, she's got paintings she wants to sell on the Internet, you know, and – some people think that, oh, I'll just post my art and people will buy it. If if nothing else, I'll sell one a month or something and it'll pay for itself, the website. You know, that's the kind of thinking mentality that mm -hmm. a lot of people go through. But you know what? These days where there's such a saturation of online stores, such a saturation of um, of, of people with uh, the same type of art, for example, you know, like it, it takes a lot to really stand out of the crowd and even though it is a level playing field, like we, we, we do say, um, you have to maybe do other things to get noticed, you know, whether create a Twitter account or Instagram account or something that you start getting followers and um, find people to really be interested in your stuff or talk to people. I think, you know, talking to people is, is the key to that one-on-one -on -one relationship, building, building customers. Um, and yeah, I mean, a lot of artists do do fail in that regard because they think they can just put something out and you know they're done but that's you know really the beginning of their game yeah just just the beginning um i started down the rabbit hole and <laughs> um you know so i've i've invested time and um money in uh let's see uh gary v i was reading crushing it a while back um Gary V, Ty Lopez, uh, Billy Jean from San Diego. <laughs> Ty Lopez. I've been to one yeah. of his parties in L.A. Yeah. Uh, uh, how'd that happen? Oh, uh, I don't remember. I was invited. It was a social media influencer party in Hollywood. Uh, he has this Hollywood Hills house with a pool and 
um, I think my friend's whiskey company, Henneberry Whiskey, were they invited or did I get them invited? I don't remember. It's one of the one of the two. We were invited to the whiskey the, this party, and I we brought the whiskey as a uh, um, complimentary beverage for the guests. And you know, as for the for the terms, I got to just go to the party. Okay. Yeah, and it was just one of those random Hollywood parties with a bunch of half naked people with a pool <laughs> and you know. Yeah, and Ty Lopez. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who uh, may not recognize uh, the name Ty Lopez, uh, before you jump off, he's, uh, well, how did he say it? Here in my garage, right? He's the here in my garage guy who had a oh, lot yeah. of, he had the YouTube ads a while ago when YouTube ads were kind of just starting to really yeah. proliferate around. Guys walking through a garage, uh, short, thick, dark hair with glasses, um, and he's got a, his Lamborghini in a garage and he's like here in my garage I you know he just goes off on this tangent and I think I watched it I didn't know who he was I think I watched it just because I was like who is this guy in their garage and why are they talking to me and it was just such a bizarre kind of thing that I sat and watched it um I didn't know that millions of other people were you know watching it as well so whatever marketing tricks were working at the time they worked for him uh, but, it's called uh, having money to spend on ad dollars. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Converting that, that into more money. <laughs> it, the, the name of his game is just conversion. Okay. Yeah, just ad conversion. So, uh, so yeah, I, I got caught on to him. Um, and then, this, you know, in my kind of like, I don't know, this seems weird. I'll follow him, but I'm not going to buy anything of his. And, <laughs> you know, and as I said, I was running into a lot of people, and I'm trying to find out what's more real for me and mm -hmm. what's, you know, something unnecessary that I can leave alone. Um, you know, with the, the Dan Locke, um, he's another one, a uh, lot of a whole, whole, whole bunch of characters. And honestly, a lot of it was off putting until I started understanding it, understanding what was going on. Exactly. And, one thing they were all talking about was having the right mindset. And at first I was like, I don't want to have the mindset of a car, you know, of a car salesman. I don't want to have the mindset of a real estate, you know, of a realtor going around, you know, Hey, do you need a home? Do you need a da da da? Well, come down to such and such motors. And, you know, I didn't want to have that mindset. So that's, that was my, that was a mental block that I had. Mm -hmm. And when you hear, Nobody wants to be a salesperson. I think that's okay. That's 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 what you're you're getting at there. You're right. I mean, it's tough to uh, think. Oh, I'm gonna have to constantly sell myself, you know, to to support my art or support my work. But um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But no, no, that's what well, that's all I was saying. It's it, nobody wants to be in that mindset. Like, but and it's understandable because it's a little you know sketchy sometimes. So, and that's what I wanted to really kind of, kind of point in on what is that, that mindset that they're talking about when they say you need to get in the proper mindset, because my version of the mindset was a very negative one, but I'm starting to come around to really understand it a bit more. And I want to know from you, when they say you need to have the business mindset or the, the proper mindset, if you want to make this thing happen, what are they talking about? Uh, I think the... It's more being assertive and mm -hmm. more being 
able to not be afraid of failure, you know, um, and just really building on what you have and having a more positive, less, less negative, more positive. I mean, there's a way to sell yourself without completely, um, you know, <laughs> shilling for something, right? Shilling as in like unapologetically selling yourself the way that mm -hmm. some people do. Um, as long as you're genuine, I think a lot of millennials these days also buy into this is, is that genuine people, they'll, they'll rather buy from a genuine company. They'd want to buy from a social responsible company. They want to buy from people like-minded like that. And so don't fall into the trap of just extreme positivity or negativity. You know, you want to really be assertive when you're selling yourself, quote unquote, selling yourself, but mm. um, not necessarily have to shill for it. You know, you don't have to do a song and dance every time you sell something, you know, you just want to be assertive about what you do. Yeah. And that seems like where a lot of the, the, the feeling of fakeness comes in where you're just yeah. shilling, you're just on stage doing yep. a dance and you're, you're always smiling and enthusiastic and mm -hmm. in, in a fake way. And I think that's what turns a lot of creatives off. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially if you don't come from that uh, sales or business background, a lot of creatives, when mm -hmm. they make that transition, right. It's like, well, what do I do now? Like how, how do I do this? How do I do that? Am I going to have to do this? I don't want to do that. You know, yeah. like, yeah, I, I see that with a lot of my friends who are creative that are uh, trying to transition into more lucrative careers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, uh, in fact, a lot of artists, they, they kind of like that uh, sad, depressed, I'm yeah. in pain kind of thing and telling them, no, no, to sell, you must be enthusiastic. That's just a big diversion that a lot of them are like, what are you talking about? Ah! so many people are introverted, right? Like in, in the creative space, they're introverted or they're in their own head, you know, that's how they're so creative. They just build these entire worlds in their brain. Um, yeah. And that's amazing. I mean, I, I don't think I'm as creative as I used to be or, or as, you know, a lot of other people out there, but I do have that creative energy and I have creative flow. Um, but yeah, to, to really tie it all together, you really need to, that to be assertive, you need to be, um, able to be kind of a go-getter but not necessarily that shiller uh and i think that's what sells really well to people because they're looking for some genuine connection one-on-one -on -one connection again yeah the the genuine connection is important um and i talked about that having that genuine connection in a previous one i think it was uh john i was talking with and then i also talked about business a little bit with uh with theo we had this concept of are you raw or are you in the mix? You know, mm -hmm. there's like the raw dude who's, you know, down in the, down in his little cave, you know, banging out this awesome sculpture and he's just so raw at what he does. And then there's this other sculpture that knows every, you know, every gallery owner, he knows all the people in the community. So there's always this little battle. One uh, thing that we've been trying to find out is how to be both and, you know, either, either maintaining a mindset that can kind of deal in both areas or turn one off and focus on the other. And then all of a sudden turn that off and then focus on the, the first. Uh, I don't know if you found a, something that works better for most people or, or if you even know what I'm talking about. I, you know, I completely understand what you're talking about. And for me, when I think about my creative mind and, and all that stuff, I like to, you know, when I'm designing logos or doing graphic design, Photoshop work, whatever, 
I really have to compartmentalize my my brain into that mindset to to get through that workflow. Um, mm -hmm. Because if I don't, uh, what ends up happening is I start thinking about my business or like you know you know what invoices are due, what what I have to you know who I have to go after money next, you know like who owes me money and stuff like that for your business. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think the the real answer to that it just depends on the person, but it might be also good to have a business partner that can help with some of those things. Um, that's not always easy to do. That's not always the, the best for some people. Some, some creatives really want all that creative control. And so I would say, you know, yeah, you really got to compartmentalize your art from your business because I think it's really hard to do both at the same time, you know, it, unless you have a creative agency that you can focus on the business or focus on the art and someone else focuses, like I said, have a partner or, or a team or infrastructure in place. Right, right. Definitely. Um, that, that makes, that makes total sense. And I think I've been finding different people who are like, mm -hmm. you know, I have my creative friends and, you know, I go in the cave and I'm like, Hey, creative friends, you know, ah, we're in the cave. What are we talking about? And they're like, all right, we're doing this and this and that, this is connecting with society. And then I have my business friends who I'm like, hey, you know, we're about to push this thing out there. I'm thinking of doing it for this. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, you've only got you're, you've only got two weeks to go and you're at July 4th. Just wait until then and do a whole Independence America thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Connect with people. So yeah. um, I don't know. If, do, you, uh, do you follow Kanye West at all? I mean, he kind of have to. No. So okay. I don't. I don't really, unfortunately. And, you know, I, we just had a baby, so. Uh, I've been in the whole Congratulations, for three weeks. Thank you. It's, and I've recently just come out, like I think yesterday and today really started working again. Um, and I'm finding that the world is still the shitty world that we, <laughs> we went into having a baby and now yeah. I'm coming out. Uh, but for the past nine months or so, the only thing I know about Kanye West is he got, uh, divorced from Kim. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's, that's it. Okay. So one thing I found that was interesting about Kanye West, and it's not just him, but he's the he's one of these examples of, of people who I think exist in this quadrant of back to raw and in the mix, you know, being if you're being raw and in the mix, you know, if you set that on the axis or whatever, if you can be both, he's somebody who was in that top quadrant of being both raw and in the mix or you know, both highly creative and able to get himself out there marketed properly, et cetera. Oh, and yeah. one one thing I thought that was interesting about what he does is he goes like completely in one direction for months at a time. Like you won't, you just won't see him on social media. You won't see him out in public. He's off on his Wyoming ranch somewhere, just closeted up. And you may hear somebody like, like a random picture comes out of Elon Musk and Kanye and it's like, Hey, working on a new something talking about this and that and that. And you're like, wait, what Kanye and Elon, <laughs> but it's so, he's so quiet and reserved. I think that's like, you know, that you don't see him. That's part of his marketing. And then suddenly his Instagram, you know, gets deleted. His website gets deleted. I shouldn't say deleted gets, gets cleared, gets wiped clean. And there's like new content coming out on his Instagram, on his webpage, on Twitter. And you're just like, holy crap, where has he been? What's he up to? And then you get like another several months of him being out in the public eye. See, what you're describing now, I feel like I wish I would have gotten a chance to meet Kanye before money 
And how is he now, like with all this money and his crazy eccentricities, like was he like this before? Or is he just like this now because he has all the fuck all money, you know? I, he was like this before, but, you know, in okay. a much, on a much smaller scale. Okay. Well, I, I mean, that's, that's on a much smaller scale than how do you uh, process your creative and your business at the same time? What, what, what is his, I, I guess, process? You know, that, that's something I really don't know about. And, you know, I'm always interested in learning how other people do their thing. Okay. So, you know, with uh, how other people do their marketing, their mm-hmm. um, the marketing, I, I generally think of marketing, sales, and branding just kind of as the three things to keep in my head. It's, yeah, it's the same. It's, it's always the same marketing, sales, branding. It's, it's, a, it's a cluster that everybody kind of thinks about. But there's also yeah. advertising in there and, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, so with those, uh, w- with those three, the marketing, sales, branding, advertising, that whole cluster. Um, I think that, you know, I had always seen it as, uh, you know, tricks or whatever, or it's just, this is just unfamiliarity on my part, uh, coming from a pure creative background that always had automatic outlets. You know, I, I released something to my corporation and they're like, boom, we love this. We're going to put it out in front street. And, you know, or I had certain people I was working with. Um, so doing it myself is interesting, but you hinted at the idea of knowing someone's personality and how they reach out. So mm-hmm. for artists and creatives, how do you pull that out of them? Um, I mean, you know, uh, as long as it's genuine, I mean, your personality really shines through in what you're doing. So okay. it, that that's really important. I mean, you can't, you can obviously create a fake persona or a lot of people have these personas. Like I'm, I feel like when I used to play music and my, my, music persona was a little bit more outgoing and, you know, super extrovert as opposed to me who like, I'm like introvert extrovert normally, you know, and I, Mm -hmm. I like to just hang out at home, watch TV, you know, watch old episodes of Star Trek and I'm happy, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But you go out and, you know, you, you have this personality as far as um, what people see you as, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, that's your, and I think people can tell if it's fake or not. So, so you recommend trying to find a, a, a real authentic voice for yourself and finding a way to market with that instead of trying to force it and then get comfortable with whatever you're doing. Right. I mean, if, if you're a creative person already, you have a voice, you're finding a voice or you're in the process of finding your voice. And it's really important that whatever you're doing, um, it really shines through, especially it's going to be in that one-to-one conversation you have with somebody or, you know, with a small group of people that you're talking to, even friends or non-friends or friends of friends. Uh, if they really see who you are, you know, uh, and that's your real persona, that's, that's what you're selling, you know, in your art, in your business, you know? Okay. So where do you see things going now? Um, Gary V said we're in the midst of the, we're slowly starting to see the macro decline of social media as a whole. Um, where do you think we are? Uh, I agree. <laughs> so okay. the decline of social media as a whole. I mean, look at, look at a lot of stuff. I mean, social media is now being weaponized against us, you know, in the mm-hmm. past five, six years, you know, we've, we've, we've seen lots more bots from, all over the place we've seen uh like even in my star trek twitter like i 
I get followed by random people and then I, I read their Star Trek, their comments. It looks like a bot has written a lot of the Star Trek stuff. And then every once in a while you got like, Trump is the best. I'm like, what? You know, that's not... <laughs> <laughs> like there's no vaccine uh, or there's, right, there's right. no COVID. I'm like, ah, man, ah, unfollow, mute, hide, you know, like, yeah. Th- these these things are becoming really difficult and i think that a lot of young kids now are just not on social media right a lot of younger like teens and stuff i know uh friends with kids they're like they just don't do it they just don't do social media it's kind of weird that we've regressed in a way where the internet when we grew up was supposed to be this ultimate information exchange for positivity and you know it was billed as the great library of our time and it's devolved to like people getting kicked in the nuts videos on YouTube or, you know, squirrels stealing things from your lawn, you know? (laughs) Yeah. That's all, that's all you get now. And yeah, it's really hard to find your, your community on so online, unless you have your own privatized little, you know, private Twitter, private Instagram, private, you know, I think that's, that's going to stay, but that public stuff is, is, is definitely on decline. And as the, uh, people like us get older, we're going to continue to use it because that's what we grew up with. But the younger generation is, they're like, screw this. And, you know, especially with stuff like Snapchat, yeah, that ephemeral content like posts and disappears, mm-hmm. you know, I thought that was going to be like the new thing. But, um, you know, even with time, that's getting old now. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I didn't. Snapchat's an interesting case because I didn't get Snapchat until I met a group of people who were basically creating their own little reality show all for themselves. It was like six or seven people. And I, I saw, I was in a target and I saw somebody like sneak around the corner, take a picture. And I just made like this, I, I, I make little offhand comments to random people. I was like, <laughs> hey, hey, Oh, you're just gonna, you're just gonna bust your, you know, your friend out on, uh, on the internet. And they're like, man, we Snapchatting. And, you know, they started laughing. And I, I said, what, you know, let me see. And she showed me. And it was just like, you know, her sneaking up on her friends, scaring her and laughing. And she sent it to her friends. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. It's just a little small little way for, you know, the six or seven or however many of you to connect. So, and these were from really younger people. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, they're not interested in, being on on Facebook and having all their friends and family see their business. They're not interested in getting a bunch of Twitter followers. They're not interested in whatever. So I thought that was fascinating. And, you know, as you said, even Snapchat's not like the crazy, you know, awesome wave of the future that we, Mm -hmm. we thought it might be. So it's very interesting out there. Yeah, one thing that's super duper interesting and fascinating to me is the rise of stuff like OnlyFans, very mm. um, micro payment content sites. Yeah, I guess you'd call them right. Rel- relatively high cost for yeah, you know, but yeah. And, yeah, yeah. I don't know where these kids are. You know, sometimes I think, and I don't want anybody to get mad at me for saying stuff like that, but like, yeah, you know, um, the reason kids don't have any money is because they're all subscribing to each other's OnlyFans. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know. I don't know where that's going, but a lot of people are um, are using it for making money and just trying to trying to make the quick buck. But I don't know how uh, sustainable that is. Right. It's a it's a funny game. I don't 
totally see where it's going. Uh, you know, not that anyone can see the future. Right. But, but yeah, you know, when you got, um, some friends of mine, uh, one of them is going to be on Sunday, you know, you know, she's working with a, a, a bunch of Twitch streamers, uh, the geekish mm-hmm. network and yeah, they're just building their own little community. It's like, Hey, you know, you support us and we'll keep bringing you these, the small group of people, this content for like, you know, whatever 99 a month. And I'm kind of thinking, you know, I could get another streaming service and have like blockbuster yeah. content, you know, sent down yeah. to me. I've been thinking about Paramount Plus to get Star Trek. Why don't I do that? I, I have uh, Paramount Plus. I love it. I, it's funny <laughs> we talk about that because, you know, back back in the early 2000s, I was like, I don't want cable anymore. And I, I kept it. And I, I had a phone line for like so many years. I think the last time I had a like a landline was 2012 or 2013. I finally got rid of it. I know, (laughs) but then I also had cable and all this stuff. And then I finally got rid of that. And then I had all these streaming services and I'm like, I'm like 10 streaming services deep now, you know, and it's, uh Oh, are we, are we paused? I'm just, uh, Oh, (laughs) it paused you. No, it was paused for a second. It it froze. Um, I'm saying we, we are, we're 10 streaming services deep and you know, it's almost like paying for cable again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah, we've broken it up and we're, um, everyone's becoming a little more niche. You know, they're getting into their little zones where, Hey, I only want to watch these seven shows. Uh, I just found out about, I mean, you can find streaming services like to any little narrow genre. Uh, yeah. my friends, my friends into horror and found a horror streaming service where all the horror films and, you know, behind the scenes of slasher movies. I was like, okay, I didn't know that was a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, the only ones I need are, well, I got, I got Peacock specifically for Psych, the show Psych. Love that oh, show. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that was fun. Um, Paramount Plus I got for Star Trek. I know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what else, what else is there? I mean, everybody has Netflix still, I think, you know, mm-hmm. Netflix is still the number one Disney Plus. Everybody is jumping on that. Um, we have Hulu and HBO also. I mean, we're, we're, we're all, we have all these like streaming things now and, and, uh, Amazon prime. I don't know if you ever watched anything on there. Oh, I love Amazon prime. Have you seen the boys? That's an amazing show. Love it. Yeah. Eric Kripke is one of the most amazing showrunners, creators of all time. I think one of my favorite, uh, guys, Eric Kripke. Have you caught Uh, a invincible on there? Not yet. I I think it's on my list. That's, that's worth watching. Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And they have end credits that matter, so just remember that. Oh, end credits. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I like Leverage, too. Have you ever seen Leverage? It's on IMDb TV now, which is a part of Amazon. You can yes. watch it with commercials. And that's the thing. That these streaming services are bringing back commercials for some stupid reason. Uh, yeah. You know, like, we got, we got streaming to get away from commercials, but, you know, now no, we're back. All right, so, yeah, Leverage. All right, I got that on my list. Uh, I've been taking down... Uh, everyone's suggestions here and leverage oh, is going to go on the, the list. I got huge leverages by a guy named Dean Devlin. Um, actually, when I worked in Hollywood, uh, I was on set one time for one of his films called cellular with Kim Basinger and uh, Captain America, Chris Evans, mm-hmm. uh, William H. Macy and Dean Devlin, I think was the um, director of that, that film. Um which was a really fun, fun set to be on. And he's done a lot of great stuff since. Uh, Dean Devlin, I think he wrote Godzilla. He was, he's written like a bunch of these crazy fun movies, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they're, they're, 
maybe kind of B-ish movies. Uh, yeah, still still quality, but B still movies. Still quality, for sure, yeah. So you say you worked in Hollywood. I didn't, you mean well, like... With comedians in, in LA okay. and stuff. Oh, okay, you know? oh, okay. That yeah. makes sense, huh? So I, I actually spent a couple of years in Hollywood just bouncing around to different places, different talk shows, diff- you know, really learning about different, really learning the, the business through uh, my comedians. Right, right. All right. So, so now, you know, um, where do you uh, see things going? What should people be on the lookout for? What should creatives be trying um, to do now? Oh, um, I don't know, man. It's always, it's always different. It depends on your creative flow, right? It depends on what you're doing. If you're doing art, I mean, that's such a big question mark because I, I'm still struggling to always figure out what's next. Mm-hmm. Like every day, every year, what's next, especially in the post pandemic, or even I think we're still in it actually still in a pandemic world. How do you market yourself when, you know, art galleries are not open or bars aren't carrying your art or coffee shops aren't carrying your art. Like, how do you do that? You know, um, the big answer is go where everybody's still going. Like you know, clubhouse is brand new. People are jumping on that just to create these group chats, which is, you know, basically a chat room, but with your voice, mm-hmm. um, doing what you're doing now, creating these Instagram things, uh, these, these like Benjacon. I mean, it's, it's a really creative way to meet new people and get content out. Building content is huge. Um, as you know, content is king. And the more you build, the more people will find it. And if it's good content, you know, if it's, you know, something that people can identify with, then you'll, you'll start to build your audience. And one thing that I've, I used to tell my other friend who's a photographer, videographer, uh, actress is, you know, Hey, you got to, um, just keep doing it. Don't stop doing it. And she went viral for one of her videos and now she's, you know, got tens of thousands of followers and is constantly putting out content every day or every couple days yeah. and is making money from her, you know, whatever, her, her viral video. I don't know if you know, Amy, Amy LaJoy. Amy LaJoy. No, I don't know. Her. She's, she's oh. from San Diego too. Yeah. Okay. But look, look her up. She's, she's, she did a video, um, like, how like a like a parody of everybody on a movie set you know and it's mm. set to electric light orchestra and that it hit like millions of views or something and now she's yeah. now she's just like being paid to, to you know pitch product and do videos and so i mean it, it's just keep doing what you're doing that, that's a huge factor in um for creative you know if you're if you're trying something out if it doesn't work i mean you can pivot, you can, you can go to a different direction, but you know, just keep doing it. I think that's, that's the main key. Awesome. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually people are going to find it. Very true. Very true. Awesome. And, and as you said, just, just keep doing it. I started this on, uh, on Facebook because Mm -hmm. I was on Facebook, uh, had friends there who I would always talk to in different groups. Um, and that's the only way I talk on Facebook, by the way, I, I maintain like 20 different groups of, you know, I have a thought about, you know, art and creativity. I have a group for that. I have a thought about politics, yeah. I have a group for that. And, you know, it's just these small 60 to a, to maybe at the most 200 person groups. And these are all on my friends list anyway. So yeah, I'd stay off the main timeline, but this, 
this IGTV thing kind of grew out of that. And I wanted to bring some, some more connective, you know, a more social nature to this social media platform, which I felt was, was kind of like, Hey, here's a picture of me doing this. Hey, here's a picture of me doing that. So I just wanted to start connecting with people in different ways. So I started these. Yeah. I love it. I like, I like this idea a lot. I've, I've wanted to do a podcast for the longest time. I have all this podcast equipment that I bought that I've never done like any kind of podcast. I just don't have time for it, you know, with, yeah. with my work and with, I, I think my retirement goal now is to do something like this or like some, <laughs> just podcast where I just sit and chat with my friends all day long or, you know, once a day or something. That, that'll be fine for me. Yeah. But until uh, then, I mean, I love, I love being on the show. Oh, thanks man. Yeah. Um, well, when I get that Spotify check, uh, to go exclusive to them, I'll, uh, you know, call back and let you know, and, you know, we can work out some business maneuvers and set up a whole marketing plan. So are you definitely royalties from Spotify? Is it like whopping 10 cents? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, they say guac is extra. I buy it every time. Nice. <laughs> I would oh, cool. Uh, hey, man, uh, thank you so yeah. much. Oh, wait, you got something else? Uh, well, I was going to say, like, I don't know how long these usually last, but, you know, if, if you need to keep going or something, you tell me. You know, uh, I generally cap these uh, at about an hour. Um, okay. Th- there are my certain there's certain people who I really go a lot longer with, but, uh, yeah, we run about an hour. Um, it was a good solid block of conversation. You know, I think I learned, I learned some things. Um, and I think it's definitely good for the people who came through. I want to give a shout out to game fuel, peace, love, happiness, um, bell clef, rock and Johnny, nice. Mr. Hickman, Carly Briggs, Josh Moreno. Josh Moreno is going to be on tomorrow. He's a cool guy. Cool. And, cool. uh, Navy Montel and, Nasty O, I show you, I saw you pop in late. Oh, uh, you got to come check this the the full full show out. So, oh, these, Nasty, you had him on the other day, right? Uh, yeah, he was on. He had the yeah. he was the guy who did the Comic Con at home. Oh, yeah. that's right. And I, yeah, and I I talked about my Kevin Conroy experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Exactly yeah. the Kevin Conroy thing. Yeah, um, Nasty was a cool guy, also from San Diego. So. Cool. As you see what I'm doing here, the only way I could actually do this was to try to recreate that whole, I'm sitting around at Comic-Con talking to friends, people I've met before, associates, and that got me out of my, you know, creative, you know, in the dungeon mode, which I, w- I would stay in for months at a time. Mm-hmm. And Comic-Con brought me out. So I'm like, you know what? Let's do it let me get some people on who know what the hell they're talking about, who have met Ty Lopez and, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and all this stuff. So I'm I'm not like super proud of that one. So I don't, we shouldn't break it up as much. (laughs) Well, you know, you ran into him. You didn't really. I'm kidding. Yeah. It was was all right. (laughs) But yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was a fun treat that it broke up my day a little bit and, you know, got me doing more than I normally do. Good, good. Awesome. Um, well, uh, thanks so much. If there's, how do people, how do people find you? Um, I don't know if you even want to be found, uh, but I mean, I'm pretty out there on the internet, official EDP for most things. Um, uh, I mean, you can look me up on Google if you want, right. or my web, my company website is M2Z letter M number two, letter Z M2Z.com. Uh, okay. Eddie, Eddie at M2Z.com. I mean, that's, it's my com- company site. Um, I don't know. I'm just kind of always working with, with random cats and, you know, 
having fun while I'm doing it. And that's, that's the key. I think if you can find your, um, your art design development, your creativity in a way that's fun and that has you getting up in the morning to say, boom, let's do this again. I think that's, that's key. And that's one of the things that I wanted to bring to this a little fun, a little creativity to all the things we do. So Eddie, I'm so glad you came on. I'm so glad you were able to make it. Um, congratulations again on the baby and the family. I love what you guys are doing. Um, Sunday, I'm going to have a Trekkie on who's a a bona fide Trekkie. So, uh, even if you don't make it live, I want to make sure you catch that one. I I might send some questions in advance just, just so we could, uh, you know, get some answers. All right. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been good, my man. Uh, totally appreciate it. Yeah. If you ever do another one of these or podcasts or something, you know, I'm totally down. All right, man. I'll keep you in mind. Definitely. All right. Cool. Peace. Peace out. Oh, right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye. Cool. All right. That was Eddie P man. Uh, great dude. Uh, one of the more marketing associated affiliated kind of guys that I deal with. Uh, very cool guy. Um, and you know, it's a cool person when you met him long time ago and your conversations just kind of pick up where you left off and you don't really have that weird, awkward phase of wait, what are you doing now? Ah. So I definitely appreciate him coming through. Uh, we've still got a couple other people for Benjicon, As I said, We're going all the way through Sunday. We're going to do this a solid week. Thank you, everybody, for joining in. Um, If you've got any questions, comments, ideas on how we can do things in the future, let me know. This is all about art, design, and development and moving forward with creativity because the only way you're going to get anything done is to create. You have to create your environment. You have to create your emotions. You have to create your money streams, you have to create your internet presence, you have to create the life that you want. So being a creative all my life, I'm putting all my energy into this whole creative vibe. Thank you, everybody who joined, Um, be back and be sure to subscribe to uh, Mr. Benja's ADD experience on whatever podcast channels and check me out at mrbenja.com, which is probably going to get reformatted soon anyway, but follow along. And definitely, man, just keep in touch. Drop a comment. Say hi. Let me know what you thought about this. Let me know what I can improve or what you'd like to see. That's all for me today, man. Um, Actually, in about an hour or a couple, we've got Patrick Hickey Jr. on. So if you want to stay around for that, uh, go get something to eat, then come back. Peace. Hey, thanks for joining me on this podcast. You all make everything I do possible, and I really do appreciate it. So even if you've got me on social, please visit mrbenja.com and see what's happening and how deep the rabbit hole goes. All right, I'll see you next time. Peace.